seems like it has been forever since I have been on the mic. We can no longer have that anymore. We have to get back to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. That's what I'm saying. I'm Brandon Lachance, your host. Definitely want to say sorry for the delays. A lot of things have been going on. Schedules, life in general. Things have been really crazy. This quarantine really hasn't given life a break. That's for sure. But we battle through things. Edge of Your Seat Podcast is back. It will continue always. Sorry for the break. Hopefully it doesn't happen again, but we're here. This is episode 84. Very special guest. Like always, this time it is Jimmy D'Angelo, graduate from Hall, freshman at Parkland College. He was a member of the 2018 Red Devil baseball team that won the state championship in Class 2A. He joined us and talked for an hour about all kinds of stuff, including his baseball career, basketball, MJ, Michael Jordan, and LBJ, LeBron James. We talk about it all. Great dude, and I'm glad that we were able to have him on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. But before we get to him, a few things I want to talk about. It has been a week and a half or so since Edge of Your Seat Podcast has graced the internet airwaves. So a few things I want to talk about. First, The Last Dance. I missed episodes 9 and 10, or at least talking about them. I totally watched them, but we have not discussed the last two episodes of The Last Dance, the 10-part docu-series about the Chicago Bulls. They said it was about the 97-98 Bulls, but it highlighted everything of their six championships and the time before Jordan got there, the time in the middle Jordan got there, a little bit afterwards. So we're just going to say the Chicago Bulls docu-series, most of it was about Michael Jordan But, of course, all the rest of the guys were included at least a little bit. I really liked it. Like, it was a good series. It was awesome to have something pumping sports-wise through us while we sat in this COVID-19 coronavirus quarantine and there was no live sports. So having something like this on a Sunday, every Sunday night for appointment TV was really cool. I really appreciated that, and it was cool reliving my childhood. I was born in 1985, so I saw some of the first three-peat. I don't really remember much of the first and second championships, but the third I remember watching a lot of the games. And, of course, I remember all of the second three-peat, and Michael Jordan retiring, going playing baseball, and Space Jam, and remembered all that. That was a huge part of my childhood. I had a Michael Jordan jersey. I really couldn't get my mom to buy Jays, but once I got older and started delivering papers, I actually picked up a newspaper delivery job just so I could buy Michael Jordan tennis shoes. Dead serious. That's how big of an icon he was to me then, and he still is to me now. I am a through and through Michael Jordan guy. I look at him as a role model. I know he doesn't want to be a role model, but his determination, his never give up, his go through all the heartaches and trials and tribulations and keep fighting and fighting and fighting and be the best there is at what he did. And I look at that and try to do that with my own life. Obviously, I'm not a basketball player, but I can still take that drive, determination, and put it into other things, including this podcast, to make it the coolest podcast you listen to, or try to, and keep trying and trying to make it better. I learned that from Michael Jordan when I was a little kid and still pick up messages from him even to this day. I wish he was a better owner (laughs) and could do something with the Charlotte Hornets, but... You know, we're not all good at everything. But I really like the docuseries. It filled me in on the young stuff when I was either too young or Michael Jordan first came in the league. Gave me a little more detail about that. The first and second episodes were probably my favorite because I learned the most off of those and saw how Jerry Krause was and saw how they were to Jerry Krause. And as it kept going, it was stuff that I knew. Stuff that I remembered reading in the newspaper. Stuff that I remembered watching on WGN News every morning because the lady that we lived with, that's what she did. She watched the morning news all the time. So I knew what was going on, but that was when I was a little bit older, not the beginning stuff. So it was cool to pick up on those things that I didn't remember. I haven't thought to, you know, Wikipedia or Google search or stuff like that. So it was cool to find out that stuff. But like I said, as we went on, I knew about Dennis Rodman. I knew about his antics. I knew about him missing practice to go wrestle with Hulk Hogan. I was actually watching wrestling at that time. Huge wrestling fan too. 
and saw him and was pumped up that he was in the WCW. Should he have been at practice? Yeah, probably. But it's Dennis Rodman, right? And of course, we know how it all ended. Jordan retires. Phil steps away, then goes to the Lakers. Pippen traded. Steve Kerr was traded. Yeah, it was a sad day. Still sad. But it is cool having that appointment TV, and now they're doing it again with a doc about Lance Armstrong. I know a little bit about that because, you know, this is my high school years and paying attention to ESPN, things like that. But now they're getting the real Lance Armstrong. I saw about the first 20 minutes of the first show on Sunday, and he was real real. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen on that doc. I am definitely going to watch it. I'm going to go back and watch the rest of that before I get on your next podcast. And every Monday, we'll try to discuss Lance Armstrong. I really like this. It's really cool that they're keeping these docuseries alive. And I really think that this is going to be TV from now on. Because if you think about it, even during football season, what has really been on ESPN? Because NBC has that late night football game. And they don't have anything on that's worth watching over a football game. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to be like, oh, we have to watch these docuseries over an NFL football game on NBC. But I bet you it's going to drive in a little bit more audience. What if it's two teams that nobody cares about? Or a couple teams we do care about, but their quarterback is hurt. Or it's a backup running back. Or, you know, there's so many intangibles of what we want to watch and when we're going to watch it. Or if they were running this Chicago Bulls docuseries over NFL football, I'm watching the Bulls doc. I know me as a huge basketball fan, Chicago Bulls are my team. Out of every sports organization in the world, Chicago Bulls is number one to me. It has been since I was a little kid. So if they were playing that docuseries at the same time as the NFL football game, I might be crazy or I might be unique, but I am going to watch the docuseries over the football game. And I think that's what ESPN is going to try to do. Make something interesting. Make something that people want to watch and try to fight for ratings. I can see it happening. But again, we're in a different time, so ratings aren't as important as they were in the 90s and in the 80s. I'm sure they're still important, but there's so many channels, so many streaming services, so many other things to do in life that I don't think ratings mean what they once did. Speaking of ratings, on Sunday, for the first time in my life, I watched golf for a long time. I'm not saying I've never watched golf before. PGA golf. I have. But not hours and hours or even an hour or so. I probably never did that. Even with Tiger Woods in his prime. But on Sunday, with Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning taking on Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson for a charity event, it was pretty cool. They had different little side challenges and the longest drives and watching Phil chip watching Tiger drive because they're the best at what they do. Listening to Peyton Manning talk smack. Tom Brady was getting a little edgy there. It was fun. It was entertaining. Again, there's no sports going on. We're in a quarantine. At the end of a quarantine, but we're in a quarantine. So to watch something that's live, and it was pouring there. So to see them in Florida try to battle the rain, battle their opponents, and earn money for COVID-19 charities, that was pretty fun. It was pretty fun and exciting, and I'm glad I checked it out. Never thought I would, but I was like, hey, why not? We'll give it a shot. And it was actually worth my time. What is worth your time is your home, your house, the place that you live. You're there every day. Unfortunately, as time goes past, things in your home need repaired. They need fixed. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Owner Keith Milas has been in construction for over 10 years and is willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured, at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted at its Facebook page, Olson Construction LLC, or via email, olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. In edge of your seats, hiatus, 
three legendary coaches have passed away. I'm going to say rest in peace to all of them. Don Shula, Jerry Sloan, Eddie Sutton. All of them were kind of a part of my childhood or me growing up and watching sports. Not as players because they're, they're older, but as coaches. I remember Don Shula as the Dolphins coach. Honestly, since Don Shula left the Miami Dolphins, they have been nothing. They were a very, very popular team. I remember kids when I was younger wearing Miami Dolphins starter jackets and baseball caps. I guess we can call them football caps because of Don Shula. And I guess Dan Marino. In football, I feel like the players aren't the players without the coaches. I mean, Don Shula is a Hall of Famer. He won three Super Bowls. Well, let's be official. One NFL championship in 1968 coaching the Baltimore Colts, and then with the Dolphins, Super Bowl Seven and Super Bowl Eight. Of course, they had the undefeated season. He has the most wins in a regular season with 328. His record in the regular season, 328, 156, and six ties. That's a .76 winning percentage. Redunculous. For his career, you throw in some postseason games, 347 wins, 173 losses, and still the six ties for a .665 winning percentage. That's, again, ridiculous. So rest in peace, Don Shula, great football coach. And I don't know if he's quite on the Mount Rushmore, but when you talk about great football coaches, he's right behind the Bill Belichicks. He really is. He might be right after Bill Belichick. I'd have to sit here and think for a long time. But Don Shula is one of those memorable Hall of Fame coaches that when you're talking about great coaches, he is quickly in the conversation. And I say the same thing about Jerry Sloan. I mean, the Chicago Bulls didn't let him win a NBA Finals in 97 or 1998 because, you know, it was Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, and they beat him. But Jerry Sloan was a phenomenal basketball coach. I love the Utah Jazz, even though, of course, I want the Bulls to win. It was fun watching Carl Malone and John Stockton, John Havlicek, even the bums, <laughs> Brian Russell and... Greg Ostertag. Greg Ostertag was a bum. He was definitely a bum. But it was a lot of fun watching that team. Their offense was amazing. And it was because of Jerry Sloan. Fantastic coach. As a head coach, 1,221 wins, 803 losses for a .603 winning percentage. He coached the Utah Jazz from 88 to 2011. But he was a basketball player first. He was the fourth pick in 1965 for the Baltimore Bullets. Then he went to the Chicago Bulls from 1966 to 76, two-time All-Star with them. He made a defensive All-NBA team six times in his career. He made the first team four times and the second team two times. I honestly think making the defensive team is sometimes harder than making just the All-NBA team. I mean, you have to play phenomenal defense to be put on first team, especially in the 60s and 70s. Defense now, 2020, can be kind of lax. In the 60s and 70s, oh no, every single team had pretty amazing defense. So to be highlighted like that, accommodated like that, with six NBA defensive teams, that means he was really good at what he did. And Sloan has his jersey retired three different sets of rafters. Number four with the Bulls as a player. Number 1,223 by the Jazz. And even in college, his 52 was retired in Evanston. So got to give props, playing in Evanston, playing as a bull, all-star, Hall of Fame coach. Rest in peace, Jerry Sloan. Eddie Sutton, college basketball coach. He was a college coach on some level, somewhere from 1958 to 2008. That is forever. He coached longer than most people live. I know that sounds grim, but that's serious. Insane. Through his stops, Creighton, Arkansas, Kentucky, Oklahoma State. In college, he went 806 wins with 326 losses. On the junior college level, he had 84 wins and 14 losses. Phenomenal. He was the Associated Press Coach of the Year two times and made it to the Final Four three times. That's fantastic. Obviously, there's tons of college basketball teams, and to be able to say that you were that successful and named the best coach twice. I know he coached forever, but that is pretty incredible. I mean, Jerry Sloan coached quite a long time in the NBA and was never the coach of the year. 
So just put that in perspective. It is really tough to do. You're battling some of the greatest sports minds of all time. So rest in peace to Eddie Sutton. Rest in peace to Jerry Sloan. Rest in peace to Don Shula. The sports world definitely took some hits in the last couple weeks. I think that's going to wrap up the intro. Thanks for coming back. Listen to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. These breaks have to stop. I know. Going to push out shows. I got some great interviews lined up. Sorry we have not got them to you. Things are cooling down. Schedules are getting back on set. Work schedules are done changing and shifting and all that other goofy stuff. Now we're back. It's go time. Edge of Your Seat Podcast is here and will have its regular three shows a week. We'll get back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Today is Tuesday, May 26th. We will have a show tomorrow, Wednesday, May 27th. And then we'll come back on the 29th on Friday and try to push that to next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Let's get to Jimmy D'Angelo. Jimmy D, great guest, great athlete. Glad to have him on. Hopefully we can have him on again as baseball season gets back eventually. We are not going to have any baseball this spring. I mean, it's pretty much already summer, but I'm already ready for next year. Like, can we scoot up? I don't like to scoot up the calendar because that means we're getting older. But I wanted some baseball, man. We had to adapt and do what we had to through this crazy virus, crazy times in our lives that we have never seen before and hopefully we never see again. But life goes on, the show rolls on, and Jimmy D'Angelo's conversation is here to roll on. So until next time, peace. Uh, what's going on, Brandon? Who is this? Uh, it's uh, Jimmy D'Angelo. Jimmy D'Angelo who? Who are you calling me? What? Who are you? I'm Jimmy D'Angelo. <laughs> That's a perfect way to start Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Jimmy, thank you for joining us. How are you, my friend? I, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing well. There is no baseball going on right now, and when I think of baseball... And I think of my career as a journalist, one of the greatest moments for you and for I was when the 2018 Hall baseball team won the state championship. You are now at Parkland College as a freshman, and I wanted to talk about baseball with you before we went into this quarantine, and then things happened. We got pushed a little bit. There's not going to be any more baseball, and I was like, I can't wait to talk to Jimmy D any longer. Ah, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad I'm able to be a guest on this show. For sure. Is this your first podcast or no? Yes. Awesome. This is my first That makes me feel even more accomplished. I don't say that. I don't know either. So let's continue, huh? Yeah, let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> for sure, for sure. We did enough uh, shoulder slapping, back rubs. We did all that. Yep. Yes, we did. So with Parkland, like I said, you guys got 13 games into the season. You made three appearances on the mound. You are a right-handed pitcher for Parkland for the Cobras. You started one game. You didn't register a win or loss. You pitched 8.2 innings. You had 10 hits, 6 runs, 4 earned runs, 5 walks, 8 Ks, with a 4.15 ERA. So not exactly how you'd want to start off, but you're just getting the feel of college baseball. And I know not exactly how you wanted to start off, but numbers that aren't gross or anything, just you're playing baseball. Yeah, I mean, my first two times on the mound at Parkland were obviously my best two. But the start I had, it was kind of just like, at, it was at ISU, and I guess like, kind of got a little just like the butterflies and a lot of people from home came down just kind of just never got comfortable I guess on the mound so that's just kind of like those numbers come from right there just that one specific game I mean if I could erase that game I would love to but it's a great growing experience for me since we're talking about that everybody always talks about the transition like hey it's so hard from high school to college and how difficult it is were you starting to feel that a little early on never been like a guy that overpower hitter or like dominate the game with strikeouts i've always just been compete 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 get ground balls and like make my defense work I've always had a great a great defense behind me and parkland i had another great defense behind me 
the transition is they're better contact hitters. Like, balls are on the zone, on the black. They're going to be put in play. I mean, people are going to fight a little harder at the, at the dish. You know, you just said compete, compete, compete. You know, everybody, once they get to college, is probably thinking that. In high school, there was probably some players on opposing teams that were just there to be in a jersey and wanted to be part of a team. Now you're against legit players every time somebody comes up to the plate. Yeah, and, like, at junior college, it's not, like, a four-year where it's, like, yo, there's next year. Kids at junior college are, like, yo, this could be So I got to compete, like, as hard as I can just so I can get another opportunity to play at another level that's what i saw like just kids always working hard just trying to get to the next level i mean because they, they don't want it to end at junior college they want they want to go to a four-year and play then you play the game as long as possible so pretty much what you're saying is every single batter that you face you're getting their a game because it's a i guess audition every single time they get up there you don't know who's in the crowd watching you from wherever at a junior college i but just hoping someone catches your eye. I mean, that's why every bat has to be a, basically a dogfight. So do you take that mentality, you know, going to the mound? I mean, it might it's an audition for you, too, not just for the batter. So every batter that you face, are you thinking, hey, I have to play my A game when I'm up here, too? Yeah, I, I don't even take it a step further. Not even a batter. I, I take a pitch at time. Basically, like, I want to win this pitch and... Like, I don't want him to win that pitch. Like, and then once that pitch is gone, like, I put it in the past and just look forward to the pitch that I have now. I got to make that pitch. And it's just, I play pitch by pitch. Like, I like competing pitch by pitch. Like, if I can win that pitch, I did my job there. Perfect. Oh, uh, talking about pitches, I mean, has there been anything pitch-wise that you've added to your game or, you know, worked on that you feel has excelled since high school? I don't like all, all my pitches, like, Took him a little, uh, little jump. I mean, Coach Goble is just a like fabulous coach, great pitching coach down there. Knows exactly what he's talking about. Really big key, how to pitch, what pitches to throw, what counts, and then like just, just like all like the mechanical stuff. Love talking to him about it. It's just amazing. I mean, like kind of changed up my four seam grip a little bit to get more better true spin on it. Changed up my slider grip, so it's more like a hard slider, not like a soft, loopy, like curveball type thing. It's more like a hard slider, looks like fastball. It's later, and then kind of breaks there at the end. And taking my change up, playing with it more, and I didn't really change the grip. It's just kind of getting that feel and like confidence to throw it like a fastball, but it's change up type deal. Like it's really good down there with helping me with that stuff talked about transition from the competition and you know the level of i guess excitement or you know the different level of play once you go from high school to college what about like training and practicing and conditioning was that also a jump up yeah coach keegan knew us like that we were always going to get our own work in on our own time and he really he didn't have to worry about that because he knew we were going to be in the weight room just doing our stuff, like hitting in their spare time. But when I got to Parkland, it's, they give us these lifts and like muscles I didn't even know like I had. And we're lifting those type of things. And before I got to Parkland, I've never like thrown a weighted ball in my, like, to get game below. And that's a big thing we were big on down there is weighted ball throwing. And at first I was a little, little skeptical because I never did it before, but you can't knock something until you try it. And, Honestly, I'm a big weighted ball guy now. I, I like drive line a lot. Like, I feel like it's helped me a lot. It's gained some velo. And for the non-baseball people listening to this, velo, you mean velocity? Yeah, 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 velocity. My bad. No, no, that's cool. We're just we're sharing. We're we're teaching people, Jimmy. Yeah, we're teaching. Yeah, we're teaching. <laughs> Definitely. Educational podcast we got going on here. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Coach John Goble, you kind of got him at the beginning of his Parkland career, took over for Dave Garsha, who was from Putnam County, Illinois Valley area. He took over the program a couple years ago. What have you learned from him or saw from him that is signs that he can help Parkland win games also? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much I can say right now. I mean, he just wants us to go out there and compete. Like, I mean, if you're on the mound, you're going to compete for him, like, 
you're not going to compete for him. He's going to take you out. It's it's plain and simple. Like, he's going to want you to win ball games for him. He has our back, so I mean, I think that just gives us like, like I want to go compete for this guy, like type thing. And like he's the type of coach, like hey, like maybe we're short on a catcher one day. He'll go get in the catcher's gear and catch a bullpen if he has to. Like he's he's trying to help us in every way. And then like for a little bit, he was trying to lift with us, but. I don't know what happened there, but I mean that's like that coach, like that's awesome, like just to see like him basically in the trenches with us. Now he just wants to see us win and compete. You mentioned the catcher position when you were at Hall. There was a pretty awesome player named Brant Vanderman who was your catcher at Hall. He went to Kent State. Now he has joined you at Parkland. Moved to the outfield. How is it rejoining with Brant Vanderman, who you know you shared? A great moment with and now you get to relive that excitement on the baseball field it's an amazing feeling he's been basically my best friend through my whole life and, and we're roommates down there now it's just awesome to uh, have him there like because like we get each other like he struggled a little i mean his timing wasn't there at the beginning of the year but like i felt like just having each other there to just go through those struggles together it's gonna help us i mean like we got someone to like lean back on like He's gone through some struggles at Kent State, obviously. And, like, if I had the struggles and I needed to talk to someone about it, he's someone I can open up to and, like, just talk about that stuff, too. And, like, he can open up to me and talk about the same thing. Just have him in the outfield when I pitch, because, like, I always thought he was going to be a catcher, 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 but he's one of the fastest guys and will run down any ball in the outfield. I've seen him this year make probably two of the best plays by an outfielder I've seen made. With my own eyes. Like ever? Pro, college, high school, anything? I mean, I'm not saying pro because, like, I didn't see it in person, but, like, in person, two of the best catches I've ever seen. No, you're not being biased because this is, like, your best friend. No, ran down a ball. I mean, basically, this should have been a right field ball, but he's playing center, run in the gap. This ball is more towards right center, more towards even right. And he just took off like a deer and then probably about like it felt like 10 feet away from the ball he dove and just looked like he was just floating in the air just diving across catching the ball it was a great play it sounds like you're like oh this is so great <laughs> it, was, it was like a, I was, it was so hype for him then he comes up the next day and just hits a home run and like I'm so happy for him cause like what he's been through and like I'm just proud of him what he's had to go through I'm happy that he's getting back on track. Great kid, just like you are, my friend. Thank you. In high school, I mean, you did a little bit of everything. You were you were a pitcher, you batted. Sometimes I think they had you on first if somebody else was pitching. Is that correct? Yeah, first. So now they have you just as pitcher. Is it really weird not doing all the other stuff that you've been doing pretty much your entire baseball life? No, because, like, in the summer, I used, when I used to play summer ball, I would all, I would only pitch there, so I kind of like it better now. Because, like, going into the weekend, if I pitch, like, it's only going to be one day, and, like, then I get the rest of six days just to chill, and I kind of like that. I mean, obviously, like, it just makes my one day that I get to have just so much better. Because, like, then I get those six days, like, the build up, and, like, then I just, the emotion that I pitch with then is better than playing every day it'd be awesome but still play every day but you gotta know when your time up for is up for hitting and i knew it was up like i didn't really like doing it as much as i once did i mean so much that goes into it so much mental stuff and just trying to hit 90 92 i mean that's just not me i like i'd rather throw 90 92 than hit it are you up to that fast are you up to 92 um in the fall or in the winter when i hit 90 I was sitting 88, 89, then I, got, I tweaked my shoulder up a little bit, but I'm good now. So, just trying to rebuild that back up, and hopefully some more tweaks in the shoulder. Obviously, this uh, coronavirus with the quarantine throws a cork in everybody's lives. I'm sure there's been interaction, you know, with your teammates, obviously, Brant, about how the season ended and, and things like that. How has it kind of affected you not being on the field and not being around the guys? I was love to be out there right now do anything basically be out there but 
it's the right decision at the end of the day that can't be out there. I mean, this is, ser- this is something very serious, and, like, everyone should basically be taking this serious and not as a joke. When the day it was uh, announced that our season would be canceled, it was a sad day. Like, I mean, we found out, basically, our coach tried getting us news as fast as possible. All of us basically found out five minutes before our meeting that it was canceled because of Twitter. And, like, it was just sad. I mean, the sophomores, I knew they weren't going to be coming back. Like, they were emotional. And, I mean, just, like, we had such a great, great vibe. Everyone gelled with each other. Our chemistry was just, like, it was there. I mean, like, we were coming along. We started off a little slow, I mean, but every team starts off slow sometimes. And, like, I know we were only 13 games in on 60, but I felt like we were just about to hit our stride. I mean, we won the last three or four games of the season. I felt like we were just about to hit our stride and go on a little run there. And, I mean, yeah, do anything to get back out there. But during this time, you got to take advantage of it and just try to get better. Got to make the best of every bad situation. Definitely. So what have you been doing in this time off so far to try to, you know, keep yourself sane and, and busy? I got one class every Monday, Wednesday, Friday now. Just a little online class I got go to, like, a Zoom class, what it is. And then, other than that, I lift five days a week. Brand has a little garage that we lift at. And other than that, I mean, it's just video games. I mean, get on with all my friends, and it's nice just, like, talk to someone. Wasn't able to talk to someone, I think I'd be going insane. Like, going to lift is, like, the highlight of my day. I look forward to it every day now, because, like, I get to be like around people I know, I get to be around two or three guys, and it's literally the highlight of my day every day. That's awesome. I've been talking to a few people and bringing up the point of can you imagine this like 30, 40 years ago without PlayStation where you can talk to people, without Twitter and Facebook and all of the means of communication, Zoom video? How are you going to have e learning 30, 40 years ago? There's no way that this quarantine would last. I mean, everybody would go nuts 30, 40 years ago. It would go way quicker, though. Everyone would be inside. Everyone wanted to get done quicker. Back in the day, everyone used to go outside, right? Play, like, like, it's like, hoops, meet up. Like, that was the thing back then. So, like, it would have a faster decline than what we have right now. I honestly agree with you. And you're the first person that's, you know, brought up that point. But, yeah, you're probably right. It would probably go away faster. And... People weren't so hard-headed. Well, not everybody. Probably not as large a proportion that is now. But people would actually listen and stay inside and try to get rid of this thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. That was your life going outside and meeting up with your friends and just shooting hoops or playing catch with football or baseball or whatever it was that, like, was going on. Like That was the thing back then. And, like, everyone would be inside just stuck. So I feel like it would have gone away way quicker back then than it is now. I feel like when you say back then, you're like talking about my childhood. I'm old. Thanks. I didn't say that, so that's, that's, that's fake news, fake news. <laughs> I mean, we had video games, obviously, but not to the level extent that they are now. So, yeah, I mean, we did both, but we spent most of our time outside. So I will put myself in that category. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you're talking about playing video games. What are you and your friends playing? Uh, for a little bit, it was Call of Duty Warzone, and then right now we're on like this big Fortnite, uh, Minecraft type of grind deal, so right now it's just a little Fortnite Minecraft. Do you play on PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, Xbox, I had to make the Switch. I'm, I'm a big PlayStation guy myself, like I, I would rather have a PlayStation, but all my friends have an Xbox, so I had to get an Xbox. You guys are not that cool. Xbox is not cool. PS5's coming out here soon. I'll be on the PS5 train. Yeah, same. Me too. I'm kind of pumped up for that. Uh, me too. I'm already thinking about selling my bed so I could buy it, and then I'll just sleep on my couch and play the games all day. <laughs> that that would be a that'd be a move there. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I uh, I don't even know how I'm gonna get it. Like, I gotta do something over winter break to hopefully get my parents <laughs> to get it for me. You might have to be a real. I gotta be a real good kid. You might have to like start shoveling snow or something. I, I might. I mean, I might have to 
Yeah, I mean, when the PlayStation 4 first came out, it was like five or six hundred dollars. So I yeah. can't, yeah. I can't see the next one being under seven. It's gonna be something crazy. Like, I mean, it's gonna be around five, six years. So I mean, at the end of the day, it's worth it in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I feel if you buy it, you're putting in the time. You're going to get your money's worth. I didn't think I was gonna have time to play like my thing at school because like I'm like oh wow I got, I'm gonna have all this classwork practice is gonna be all this time like because you only hear like I had all my friends went to Cam Brand you know they went D one I mean Ty went JUCO but I would never like for some reason I didn't like ask Ty what it was like at Parkland before I got there I don't know why I didn't do that but I was like just expecting I'm not gonna have all this time and like. I got more time than what expected. Definitely. And when you bring up the names, you're talking about Tyra Barczyk, Cam McDonald. They're both at University of Illinois. Tyra Barczyk was with Parkland last year, had a great season, pitcher of the year, did all great stuff there. And then Brant, we've already brought him up, came over from Kent State after Hall. So, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that real quick. I mean, you guys already knew this coming out of high school that you guys were all going to play college ball and a lot of D1 guys what did you guys say, you know, the four of you, to each other about what was going on after high school that you guys were going to be still playing baseball at high levels? Yeah, you can throw Chance in there, too. He's at Blackhawk playing baseball. Can't forget about yeah. Chance Resetich. You're right. Chance Resetich yeah. at Blackhawk. He was great for Hall as well. We knew Cam was going to go play at Illinois. And like, that's the Big Ten. That's one the Power Five conference. We all knew, like, Cam was going to be built for that moment. Like... Brand's situation shocked me a little because, like, I always thought he should have been playing his freshman year. I mean, kid has an unbelievable amount of strength and leads by example. Just a part, like, we're hard hard working and everything. And then, he got overlooked in high school. Everyone passed on him. It was kind of like a big mistake because he's a pit bull on the mound. And I personally knew he was going to be at the Power 5 level. I mean, he's a dog, man. Me and Chance, me and Chance, we knew we were going to go to Juco. I mean, we don't know if we're going to be there one or two years. I mean, all we know is we want, basically, since Ty went to the junior level college, we wanted to follow in Ty's footsteps. Like, hey, if Ty can do it, we work hard like Ty does, be a good worker and, like, compete, school will find me and, me and Chance like that. And now Brant's here, and he knows the same thing. Like, it's, it's once you get to a junior college, it's the grind and, like, it's a, I love the grind though for it. It's awesome. Like, a Juco kids, Juco bandits at the end of the day. I feel, and gotta also give Chance a shout out when you're talking about, you know, working hard. Over the summer, I went to the YMCA with him and another former Hall Red Devil and Anthony Buchanan, and the three of us were working out, and I seen him working hard. Chance is another kid that goes to Brands right now. A couple of us that go there. Basically, it's us four or five go there. And I didn't see him for like a good four or five, six months because we were both at school. And I was like, whoa, dude, you got big. Like, you you hit the weight room finally. Like, you hit that growth spurt a little bit. And just funny joke about with him. Yeah, he's not a really small, scrawny kid anymore. No, nah, he, he, he first little home, he his first over the fence home run this year. Yeah, dude was hyped about it. I uh, should be. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for him. That makes I'm smiling right now talking about this. That's no, awesome. I am too, because it was, it was so funny. He called me and Brand. He was like, let's go. I did it. I, it, went o- it went over. We were just dying. Like It was just funny. It was awesome. Proud of him for that. Yeah, for people that do not know, Chance Resetich, leadoff hitter, smaller guy. You, was he usually in the outfield or shortstop? Uh, Second or senior shortstop only. Okay. Yeah, so he was an infielder, but he was a small guy, quick guy, not really known for his power. He was a contact hitter. So for him to get a over the fence home run, he is bulking up, and that's awesome for him. Yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. I mean, we've been talking about colleges and playing athletics at them. What are you doing educational wise? What are you studying for school, and what do you think of this? Uh, you know, online classes that you're taking. First semester, I kind of just, like, kind of took just, like, some general classes. Like, I, didn't, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And, like, kind of as the semester went on, I I started looking into, like, the business-type major, and that's what I kind of 
went for second semester, I had more like business classes. And that's why I feel like I'll kind of want to do something business related in my life. I mean, I don't know what exactly, but something in that. I, I, for some, I don't know. I like working with numbers. Like, I'm like a big number guy. I would feel like I like numbers. Online class, I love it though. I love it. I learn better like that way. I don't know why. It's easier. I mean, right now I don't got to worry about like playing baseball, traveling. I'm just like cramming my homework, trying to get in on the bus, like stuff like that. So like right now, like, I mean, I always get my assignments on time, but like now I'm getting them done before they're due. And it's just like a good feeling to get it out of the way right away. That's awesome. So you're actually like using your time wisely. Yeah, just getting them done like a day or two before a due date. And then like, whoa, like I got some time now. Like, awesome. Almost done with school. Got like two or three weeks left. Yeah, it went by quickly, didn't it? Yeah, yep, it did. Now, when this quarantine thing happened and you're, you know, staying at home and doing online classes, did that seem like it sped up time or slowed down? Obviously, time goes the same way, but the way life works out, sometimes time feels slow. Sometimes it feels fast. What did the online classes do in that perspective for you? I didn't know how I'd feel about the online classes at first. I thought it would take longer, you know, oh, teachers are going to sign more homework now because, like, oh, we got more time, but... It's actually the other way around. I mean, it's a hard transition for the teachers, too, now that you got to think about it. They got to change their whole semester plans and put it, basically, they got like three or four days to figure out what they're going to do for a semester of online class. So at first, it felt like it was moving really slow, but honestly, like, when my season ended, that felt for, it feels forever ago, and that's how I look at it. And it was really only, what, six weeks ago? Six, yeah, something like that. I mean, not even that long, if you think about it. Yeah, it's really not. A month, month and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you're not playing video games or doing homework, I know you like to listen to a lot of podcasts. What are you listening to right now? Right now, big on part of my take. I've kind of listened to your little podcast a little bit here and there. I listened to the one episode with... Uh, I. I remember that one episode with Coach Team and you had the other day and yeah but other than that basically those two I mean that I've been just listening to well thank you for the shout out I appreciate listening to Edge of Your Sleep Podcast you're welcome even though you called it little I don't know how I take that but okay hey it's, it's gotta start off small <laughs> gotta start off small but I also That's listen right. to a part of my take also a good show. I mean, I listen to probably, on my queue on my Spotify, I probably have like 35 to 40 podcasts that I listen to all the time. The one I'm listening to the most right now is uh, Bill Simmons' podcast called uh, The Book of Basketball. He wrote a book about 10 years about NBA and basketball in general, and now he's doing podcast version. It is great if you're an NBA fan. Now, is Bill Simmons, the Celtics guy, like, big on the Celtics? Yes, he's big on the yeah, Celtics, yeah. and he's a big NBA guy. I'm not a big fan of him. not a big fan of him. No? Why not? Uh, I mean, big Celtic guy, and, like, he always hates on my... I'm a big LeBron guy. Like, that's that's my guy. In my eyes, he, in my eyes, he's the greatest of all time. Now, like, I know you're going to have a different opinion because you're probably going to say Jordan. Of course I'm going to say Michael Jordan. But you got to look at it in my perspective about that. Like, i never seen Michael Jordan play. So you can't knock me for not thinking Jordan's the greatest. I couldn't really grow up on Prime Kobe. I was, like, too young for that, I felt like, at the time. But, I mean, I'm witnessing LeBron in one of the greatest prime stretches ever. You'll never see this again from anyone that played a game. And it's just, like, the greatest thing to witness. What year were you born in? 2000. Yeah, so you did. You missed all of Jordan. You missed pretty much all Shaq, all Kobe. I mean, I was there for Kobe, but, like, it's hard to remember that. Yeah, I mean, the last championship he won would have been in 2009? Nine or ten. Yeah, I think it was ten. You're right, you're right. Because eight, the Boston Celtics won, and then they won nine and ten. I'm ten years old, like, I don't know much, a ten. I understand, I feel, I feel. 
But I mean, LeBron's a great player. I am not going to knock you for saying that. Do I agree with you? Oh, no, not at all. Michael Jordan was the greatest. And hopefully you're watching The Last Dance so you can kind of catch some of this greatness. Yeah, I am. I'm seeing all, like, all, all the little... I can, uh, no, I can actually cut it. But, like, I mean, those guys he's playing against, come on. Are you serious? He was playing some... You know how many Hall of Famers he played against? Nah, dude, he called them all at the back end of their career. All of them? <laughs> Dude, I, I was I looked up the other day is uh, jet the Jazz series, the Jazz scored fifty three points in a final game for a final score. Malone is his name Malone? Yeah, Carl Malone. Malone was the only. They had two guys average double digits. Malone was averaging twenty five, and they had another guy averaging ten. And that's Stockton was, No, Stockton was averaging eight. So like. I can't really say, like, he's playing against great competition. I mean, everyone else is 10 points and under. And Malone, he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. I think Carl Malone is still number two behind Kareem in scoring. And John Stockton still leads the NBA in assists and steals. Yeah, I mean... Hall of Famers, bro. Hall of Famers, but, like, John Stockton's not... I mean, he's... He's not really that tall. He went to guard Jordan. Malone's not guarding Jordan, obviously. Like, who's guarding Jordan on the Jazz? I think it was Byron Russell. <laughs> like, I've never heard of Byron Russell. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's my knock. Like, I, I mean, I get you say LeBron's 3-6. and six, Got lost to the Mavericks, but see, in my eyes, he's the greatest. No, it's still MJ. You got to think of all the Hall of Famers that he defeated. And kept from getting rings. Patrick Ewing didn't get a ring. Shaq didn't get a ring until Jordan was gone. And he had to join Kobe and the Lakers. There's LeBron, so many players I could list. When LeBron was 22, he carried the Cavs to the finals. Like, Jordan was winning 30 games and getting swept in the first round when he was 22. That's because Jordan was playing against way tougher competition. Especially in his, <laughs> in his beginning years. <laughs> you can't even name the second best player on that Cavs team that LeBron carried to the finals. Probably Larry Hughes, and I'm not going to lie, that team was atrocious. There's only one team that had a worse supporting cast around a superstar, and that was the 2001 Philadelphia 76ers with Allen Iverson. Yeah, so like, you can't even knock him on that. Like, but, that, that series shouldn't even count. Like, but, Cleveland, didn't get, Cleveland doesn't give him the help he needs. Jordan's rookie year, you were talking about Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and... Hall of Fame legends, not just Hall of Famers, like players that we will be remembered forever. Back into their late 80s, back into their career. Not even the back end. It was like kind of the middle. They both played. They were both on the Dream Team in 92. Um, I mean, it's debatable. I mean, one, one person may look at it my way, one person may look at it your way. I bet you more people looking at it my way. That's unfair. I bet you more older people listen to this podcast. <laughs> Point well taken. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well played, my friend. Well played. But I'm not saying that. I would put LeBron in the top, probably top three. I mean, he is that great of a player. Top three? Come on. Top two. Give him top two. Hmm. I mean, it's him or Kobe in my eyes. So, I mean, it's one of the two. I'll give you top three. I'll give you top three. I know you're a Jordan guy. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron's not done yet, though, either. I mean, we'll see how he figures it out. He's or finishes out. He's not even... That dude could still play for, like, five more years. The way he's treated his body and the conditioning and everything else. He, he slowed down a little bit, but he's not done by any means. He only played until he's 45. Should have been championship number four this year. I'm 100% believe that's championship four this year. Why is that? He coasted, like... Basically off into the All-Star break, and they had one of the better records. And then that last weekend when it was, you had to play the Clippers on Friday, and then the Bucks on the Sunday, and he just, he went and he guarded Kawhi and Giannis both the whole game and just looked at on a, he looked like a different man on a mission there to prove why he still got it. And the thing with Kobe, like, come on, he was doing it for Kobe. True, true. I mean, I really do like LeBron. I'm not a LeBron hater. I actually was in the beginning because I was a Carmelo Anthony guy coming straight out of college. 
But a few years in, and I'm watching them, and I'm like, okay, LeBron is definitely better. I am not a hater whatsoever. I am a Le- Michael Jordan guy, first and foremost, just like you are LeBron James. So I do love his game. I love what he's done for the NBA. I do think he's kind of made it a little softer. He's part of that, but, meh. Okay. Okay, I mean, we can debate about that all night. Man. I'm, big <laughs> I'm a fanboy of LeBron. I used to wear these, I had these, like, LeBron, his face is on, like, these socks. I don't even know, like, it's, and, like, his number's on the back of them. I used to wear them under my game socks in basketball. They were, like, good luck? I don't know. I just, I, I guess. So you feel like LeBron, I guess. And even though I was never anywhere near that, or anywhere near that good. I don't know, I just like rocking him. Who do you think would be the better baseball player, you or LeBron? Not me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, it's pretty hard to pick up a baseball bat at 90. Who's a better baseball player, you or Michael Jordan? Uh, I mean, I don't want to knock Jordan, but <laughs> let's, let's be real here. I mean, I mean, actually, no, I'm going to give it to Jordan. He played in the MLB. Sort of. Uh, he played. That's true. That's true. Do you think you could uh, you could get some pitches by Michael Jordan and LeBron James? Definitely LeBron. Just because like, I, I feel like I don't even know if he swings left-handed or right-handed. Bless her off of that. Jordan, I mean, Jordan pretty probably a little tough. I mean, I saw I saw a video of Jordan hitting where he had like, a game-winning double in the gap. I was like, okay, okay, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> so, I mean, he could probably, he could probably, get, he could probably get one on me. You got to tip your cap. You got to tip it sometimes and tip him by cap there. Truth, do you think he could do it now at like 50-something years old? Uh, no, he, I, saw, I saw him on that. Well, he looks old. His mom looks younger than him. <laughs> His eyes looked crazy. I'm like, man, do you got like jaundice or something? Like, I hope yeah, you're taking he, care of yourself. Yeah, his mom looked younger than him. Uh, it's all those cigars and the glasses of whiskey that he had next to him. Oh, yeah. So you're a baseball player. We've been sitting here talking about NBA and, and basketball. What were you looking forward to in the MLB season? I mean, there's been some moves. There were some different shifts of players and things like that. What were you looking forward to with the MLB season? My favorite team is the White Sox. They made big moves this offseason. And, like, I told my dad, I was like, five years in the next five years, they're winning a World Series. So I was super excited for them. My second favorite team, now I, like people are going to hate me for this probably, is the Indians. They're in the same division, but like my dad's an Indians fan, so like I kind of grew up on them a little bit. I love Lindor. I don't know why. I just love the way he plays the game. They call him Mr. Smiles. I tried being small smiley too. And then another big thing I was excited to see was Garrett Cole on the Yankees. Like... I don't know, I, I'm a pitcher, and he's a pitcher, and I just love the way he pitches. Like, like it's so awesome to see, like, dudes hit one-on-one in the eighth inning after, like, 90-plus pitch. I'm like, wow, dude. Like, his postseason run was amazing. Like, and the fact that Astros did not put him in in the fifth inning in the World Series game just blows my mind. If they throw would put him in the game, they win that. Like, Garrett Cole is not getting hit in that for four or five innings. He's not getting hit like that. And that, I mean, that's basically what, I mean, Mike Trout too, like, dude's great. Might be the greatest baseball player of all time. And he's so young. I mean, he's another one I just love watching. Other than that, I mean, just basically those four right there. If Mike Trout can stay healthy and play, I'm going to say, like, five more seasons, he is going to go down as the best player of all time. There's, I don't think you can oh, deny it. Harder, like... I don't know. I don't know who who he's comparing to. I don't know. But his stats right now are just crazy. Like he has crazy stats. Like I, he needs to go to a better team. Like I know he signed like this long extension, but I want to see him on a. I want to see him in the playoffs. I want to see him in the playoffs. I want to see what he can do on a winning team. We could take him to the White Sox. I'm sort of a White Sox fan too. If he went to the White Sox, I mean, it would be the one of the greatest like things days because like I got I got Mike Trout he's like on the front cover of the Sports Illustrated magazine I got it hanging up in my, on my wall that's how big of a fan I was of Mike Trout that's awesome if Mike Trout went to the White Sox I would probably move out of this area and move to Chicago and go to every game 
I went to a game last year, and, like, it was Fourth of July weekend, I want to say. And they were playing the Cubs. And just the atmosphere there, like, it's kind of, I liked it a lot. Like, Sox won, so it was a good day. Big things, like, I got big things for the White Sox. Five years, I don't know, gets pushed back now. Or maybe it gets pushed ahead of the year. I don't know about winning the World Series, but five, ten years, I'm telling you, they're going to be raising the banner again. They have done very, very well of a rebuild. Every time a franchise gets, you know, the rebuild title, it's like, well, how long is this going to take? Is it going to take two years? Is it going to take 40? Who has any idea? No one does. The way they have been putting pieces together has made me very, very happy. They've gotten hitters. They've gotten pitchers. Good locker room guys. People that want to be in the program, on the organization. I'm excited to see the future as well. Yeah, the one, like, the one thing that just still bothers me to this day is, like, you know, uh, Tatis from uh, the Padres? Yes. They had him. They had him and traded him for, like, James Shields. They traded Tatis for James Shields back in, like, I don't even know, back a couple of years. And, like, I'm like, wow, dude, if we had Tatis and Anderson in the middle of the infield, like, oh, wow. Tim Anderson is, like, my favorite player now. I love that dude. Oh, I know. I love what he's trying to do for the game. Love what he's trying to do. Yeah, he's awesome. Well, even though we can't agree on basketball, we can agree on baseball. I like that. We can agree on basketball. It's just we've got different goats. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Very, very true. Who is your goat in baseball? Like, if you had one player that you, like, this is my guy of all time, who would it be? Would it be Mike Trout? I mean, are we, like, that's hard because, like, are we talking pitchers too? Like, or are we just talking hitters? Or are we talking both? Like you can pick a pitcher and a hitter. Hitter, uh, for me personally, like I don't know why. For me personally, I'm gonna have to go for hitters. Trout for sure. It just depends if he like continues, which I, you know, I feel like Trout will because he's been doing it already. Trout in no order. Top three: Trout, Bonds, and. Griffey Jr. Griffey Jr. Okay. I like your three. I like your three. And then for pitchers? Oh, that's so tough because they're just going. While you're thinking about that, I'll say my hitters. Okay, you go with your hitters. Yeah, you, let's do that. You go your hitters. I'm going to agree with Ken Griffey Jr., one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. Frank, Frank Thomas, I actually met him when I was like eight, eight years old. Something like that. I, I like I like Frank too. That's that's a good one. He was awesome, and a younger me would have threw would have said Barry Bonds, but I'm not going to. I think I'm going to go with Big Poppy. Yeah, I can see that one. I'm, I like Frank Thomas more than the Poppy one. Yeah, that's why he's my third. Thomas and Ken Griffey are battling for one. I just said Griffey first because you said him. So, do you believe Barry Bonds should be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I mean, they were in okay. the game, and, you know, an era's an era. I mean, it, it happens. There's cocaine eras in other sports. There's, you know, all kinds of different things that happen. If you're going to have a Hall of Fame, and you want to talk about one of the best times of baseball, and you don't include Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, then you're fooling yourself of having a Hall of Fame. I mean, you had him in the game. You didn't kick him out. You actually suspended him, and then they came back and played. So, yeah, I, I do believe that they should be in there. No, I'm 100% on Bond. His stats, like, even before what happened, are just insane, too. I got to go with the pitchers now? Let's see. Yes, you do. <sighs> Let me hear your pitchers first. You go first for this one. All right, pitchers, I am going to go. You know, this is tough, though. But pitchers, I'm going to have to say Greg Maddox. Yes. Okay. Randy Johnson. Okay. And little before my time, but I like to think I'm a student of sport, all sports. So I go back and, like, watch stuff and get stats and, like, all that other stuff because I'm a nerd like that. But I'm going to go Nolan Ryan. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I, I like two of your three there. I mean, I, I actually don't have a problem with all three years, but I got, I'll give you Maddox because, like, he wasn't a super hard thrower. And then I like uh, Nolan Ryan. And then, I mean, I want to throw someone new, like, like in the, this, this type of generation in there. So uh, for that, I think I'm going to have to go with 
Someone in this type of era, I don't know, this one's going to sound a little weird. I don't know why. But I'm going to go CC. I don't know why. Sabathia? Yeah, I don't know why. I just threw him in because I don't know. I really, in the back of my head, I thought you were going to say Clayton Kershaw. No, I don't like Kershaw. I'm not, I'm not Kershaw. I, I like him in the regular season. He's not a postseason guy. No, he chokes every year. Mm-hmm. No, I mean the Dodgers should have probably had two rings out of the last three or four years. Yeah, there's. I don't know. I just threw CC in there because, like, I don't know. I don't know why. It just came to me. I, I just thought of another hitter. I just thought of another hitter. Not gonna put him in my top three, but we have to say him, especially if we're talking about you know the last like ten, fifteen years. Prince Fielder. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say him though, because like just because I because his career got cut short. It's so sad, like, because, like, the things he was going to do, ah, that sucks. Yeah, but he, when he was good, his prime, oh, my God, nobody could out-hit that dude. Another pitcher, all right, if we're doing that right there, okay. a pitcher I'll throw in there is Jose Fernandez. Oh, my, if he, like, his, like, sad, so sad, but he was going to be one of the greats. I have another one to match your pitcher, and that's Kerry Wood. Okay, yeah, I can see that one. If he doesn't get overpitched by Dusty Baker and pitched a million pitches all the time, who knows what he could have done if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I like, I like that right there. Yeah, he was great. And I'm more of a Sox fan than Cubs fan, but I'm all about Chicago. So I, I watch them both pretty equally. So uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, my mom's a big Cubs fan, so it's always on the TV, so... Uh, I'm a big baseball guy, so I'll like peek my head and see what's going on there. Yeah, definitely. You gotta, you gotta check it out. Well, all right, my friend. I think we've talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of awesomeness here. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, man. It's always a pleasure to catch up. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Actually, definitely. We'll have to do this again once we get back into baseball. No, I'm 100 percent down. I like, I like sitting down and talking like this. this is a- Cool, cool little vibe we have going on right here just talking about stuff like that I like that for sure always good vibes my friend a good podcast we should have is like me Brant Cam Ty Chance all on the same one like in like the same room together talking about stuff like that yeah that'd be awesome I am down for that once this quarantine you know stops and if it's middle of the summer or whatever and we can all get together I would love to do that yeah, that would that would be cool. Just talk about like, just talk about like the holidays right there. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be I, I would like that. That'd be a lot of fun. That would totally be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, we'll have to see if we can get that in order. The two of us talking to, I guess, your friends and I, I want to call you guys friends. Like, I've talked to you a lot of times. We're going. I mean, you cover me enough. You cover me enough. All three sports I played. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like at one point, like I lived at Hall High School. Oh, I did, like, between my, I think it was, like, just my end of my sophomore year of basketball, basically in my senior year, it felt like we had media there every, every game we played. It didn't matter what sport. Yeah, it was hard not to be there. Like, you guys just had one of those classes or one of those two classes back and forth that just had talented people, talented athletes that were going to win games. And when you have that, I mean, media is going to come out. Basically, there was a good stretch, like, from my first football game to, uh, I think, I don't know when, like, somewhere in the first, like, little quarter of basketball season, you guys were at, like, every single game I played there. I, like I said, I felt like I lived there. I was at probably, actually, I took off for Texas and then came back. Yeah, I remember that. I was, that game was, like, one of the last interviews you ever did. It was the very last until I came back, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to you and Anthony Buchanan after a game. I think it was a St. Bede game? No, it was, I didn't play. It was like my Erie Profits. That was the first game I played. It was like Erie Profits Town or something like that. Yeah, because the St. Bede game was the last one that I did on the radio. And then I did one more. So that's that's yeah. how that worked. And I talked to you and like, Anthony. Yeah, that was the game Grant got hurt. And that's like, I was like, oh, all right. I'm going to have to go out here. And then his results came back. And I was like, all right, time to go. Let's get this going. Yeah, that was crazy. Big ups for you. They hadn't played football since what, junior high? Yeah, fifth grade, something like that. But like, I was like, I threw baseball for a living. I used to throw football and PE almost like every day. So I mean, there's like, I like 
liked it. I like going out there and competing and stuff like that. Like, I like being like the little underdog. I was a little underdog there, and I'm, well, I loved it. I ended up. An athlete is an athlete. Doesn't matter what sport. Yeah, I mean, baseball athlete can do multiple sports. Not every other sport can do baseball. Are you saying that you're the Bo Jackson of Hall High School? Nope, 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 not saying that at all. Because it's James, it's James Montino. <laughs> no, that's true. James Montino was one heck of an athlete. For I wish he was a little bigger, and I'm sure he does too. But yeah, uh, he, he did good. He did good things though at Aurora this year. So yeah, great. I mean, James Montino, the five six, five seven. We'll give him 5'8". We'll give him 5'8". 5'8". Very fast. Awesome footwork. Can make anybody miss him on the football field. Track super fast. Or baseball. Sorry, he didn't do track. Baseball, super fast. Could hit the ball well. In the outfield, he was not missing anything because he could probably cover the right field from the left field if he really wanted to. Just so fast. Yeah, he was good at basketball, too. He's a good defense guy. Yeah, and for the most part, he was always on the team's best guard, like defense-wise. Yeah, because, I mean, his stand was to the roof, so he just wear the other person down. He could probably play more minutes than Allen Iverson used to play. Watch him play. I mean, it was, it was funny. Yeah, I guess he'd be more like Bo Jackson. You're right. Yeah, he, he, it's Bo Jackson. No, I don't want that title. That's all James. <laughs> Good oh. shout out, though. I like that. You're like, no, it's not me. It's this dude. I like that. It's 100% him. Perfect. All right, man. You take care. We will do this again. All right. Yeah, you take care, too. Thank you for having me.